Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the great Chris Gouts. What's up, man? What's going on? Well, we are going to be playing our first interview from the podcast that we recorded while we were up in the UP last month. So this is a, we're going to talk with uh, Joe Bouchard, the librarian at uh, Baraga Correctional Facility, as well as State Rep Scott DeAnda, who was our first state rep, first uh, elected official. Well, I shouldn't say that. Our first state elected official, the director, that's true, yes. is an elected official and oh, it's how, nationwide. How dare you, Chris Gouts. From the NRA. Dare so, you, yes. yeah, that's true. I'm going to make sure I get my facts straight. She has uh, a lot of friends with a lot of guns, so be careful what you say, my well, friend. Same in the UP. Same <laughs> in the UP. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a pretty big get. I'm not sure. You know, I wasn't with you on your trip. Uh, you and Kamara went up there and did the tour and visited a lot of prisons. Um, but that's a pretty big get. I'm not sure how you did that or what you had to you know, pull off to, to, to get a state rep on the podcast, but... Well done, Mr. Gouts. Well done. Uh, that was all. That was all, Joe. I mean, the you know the nice thing about it, whether it's in the UP or anywhere around the around the state, the, uh, the local lawmakers have a great connection to uh, to their facilities that are in their districts. Uh, one because they're major employers, but two, um, it's just uh, it's just part of good constitutional work. So uh, he was in the area and, and had the uh, had the good fortune to make it work, and so we were happy to have him on and uh, talk about uh, the facility and, and what it means to the area and in terms of jobs and just uh, the overall economic impact uh, about the positivity that, that a prison can have on a community because it's not just the jobs, it's all of the other ancillary things that come with it you know, in terms of the, the parents that are, you know, coaches and volunteers and all the donations that come at Christmas time and throughout the school year. So a lot, a lot of positive stuff that, that uh, they wanted to share. So we'll get on to all that in just a few minutes. Well, Chris, you know, I'm gonna, I wasn't with you guys, so I'm going to take a step back here. And I'm excited to listen to this podcast because I have no idea what you guys talked about. Um, so it's my first time listening to it. But before we get into your interview, um, let's talk about what we talked about last week. It's an exciting time in the department and, and how creative our director is. She's going to have a Twitter chat on August 4th. So remind everybody again when it is, what time it is, and how, and how to get questions to her. Sure. So, um, like you said, it's going to be August 4th. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern uh, time. I learned in my times up in the UP that it's very important to note uh, whether it's Eastern or Central because we have a facility in the Central Time Zone. We also have four field offices uh, or four counties uh, that are in uh, the Central Time Zone. So we always want to be cognizant of that. So if you don't hear us always say that, let us know. Uh, but it's going to be uh, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the director is going to be doing a Twitter chat, so she's going to be answering questions that you submit to her, whether it's through Twitter, uh, if you, you want to send them to us through Facebook, uh, smoke signals, uh, email, passenger pigeon, passenger you know, carrier <laughs> carrier pigeon, whatever you, whatever you want to do, you get us the question, and we will get it in front of the director. We will try to get you an answer about it. So you know, don't be shy. You know, I know there's always worried about chain of command and things like that. The director wants to hear from you. We want to know what you're thinking, what questions you have. Uh, and we want to be able to do our best to answer those. So you can submit them ahead of time if you're going to be in a facility that day or if you're going to be out in a meeting you can't come, you can't be in front of a computer and be, or be by your phone, uh, let us know. Uh, the director is going to be sending out an email after the Twitter chat where we, you'll be able to read the entire conversation. So if you can't be there that, at that day, uh, just keep an eye on your email and you'll get uh, a link to, to see, be able to see the entire conversation, all the questions and all the answers. Well, that's good stuff, and that's exciting, um, I know, for us because we're you know, social media nerds. But uh, 
it, it is interesting, and it is kind of unique to a, a Department of Corrections to have a director do a live Twitter chat. It's kind of uh, scary, yet it's also very, very fun to allow staff to have that access. So, so I'm excited for that on August 4th. Yeah, the other thing before we go is that um, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, July 26th uh, at 9 a.m., if you're in the Lansing area, in the Williams Building on the first floor auditorium, there's going to be an open house where people can learn more about uh, Sigma. So we're actually hoping to have uh, a whole podcast about Sigma uh, today, but we weren't able to make it all work just in time. So in a very in a very short order of time, we'll have an upcoming episode on Sigma. And so you've, hopefully you've been seeing some emails about this, but uh, the state is moving to this whole new uh, system uh, for procurement, uh, time and attendance, uh, vacation day, all sorts of things, some of which that we don't even yet understand. And we're actually looking forward to doing the podcast so that we can learn <laughs> what it all means. But we know that, you know, for probably the lion's share of employee, state employees, come October, uh, there's going to be a new way DCDS will be uh, no longer, and there'll be a new system. I believe it's called TEL, but we'll learn more about it yeah. where everything that, about how you input those kind of things are going to be completely different. And so um, you can go to this open house uh, at 9 a.m., uh, July 26th in the Williams Building, first floor auditorium. Uh, you'll probably be seeing some things about that uh, in your state email. Um, but if you can't make it to that, there's also gonna, there are also some already some videos that are online. Uh, and then we're going to do uh, a podcast with some of our folks here that are sort of the liaisons in our department that are going to tell tell us everything we need to know about this big shift. Uh, so I know how much state employees embrace change and really love it. So I'm sure this will go over really smoothly. Especially in corrections, that's one thing that we do love is change. <laughs> but I'm excited for that podcast because I do want to get paid. So I do want to know how to enter my uh, yeah. My, my time in so this is I important yes. and, you know how to voucher and expense things so uh, yes this is very important so I'm, I'm eagerly <laughs> awaiting the Stigma podcast thanks Chris yeah so now without further ado I know Greg's super excited to hear this interview that I had to do all by my lonesome uh, way up in the far reaches of the UP so now we'll, we'll get into our interview with uh, Joe Bouchard and Representative Scott DeAnda so this is your host Chris Scouts I am solo this week. Greg is, is back. Uh, he's a troll this week. I am ba- above the bridge and the farthest uh, north and the farthest west uh, Field Days podcast has ever been. And we are here at the Barraga Correctional Facility uh, because in February of 2018, uh, there's the facility is going to be celebrating a milestone. And we've got with us the uh, librarian of the facility, uh, Joe Bouchard. And hello, Chris. Hello. And uh, we also have our Representative uh, Scott Deanna here, who represents the area. Yes, thank you. Well, uh, Joe, we've got a milestone coming up. And I wonder if you could tell our listeners uh, what that is and what's going to be happening in February of 2018. This is very big for the area, and this is the 25th birthday of Berger Correctional Facility. Now, some people may think it's a little unusual to celebrate a birthday for a building, but it's much more than that. It's it's an institution I don't mean to be ironic it is something that is part of the community and the community is a big part of it very much integrated and there are a lot of good works going on and I'd like to be the first to say though early happy birthday Berger Correctional Facility well very good well I know that uh, both of you can can definitely speak to this but uh, you know I guess just explain to our listeners a little bit about how uh, the facility has impacted uh, the local area and the local community well, the, in, the facility here for Barragamax Prison, from day one, to be able to have the news that we were going to be able to have this in our district and up here in the west end of the Upper Michigan just changed a lot of it for us economically. 
you know, the construction of this site was one thing, and then it was just the long-term jobs. It has just built our economy very well in this county and the surrounding counties. And we're very proud to have them here in our backyard, and it's just been a good partnership with the local communities. We've been very supportive of the prisons, not just for the business, but the community itself. W was that... Uh something that the community uh, opened itself up to. I mean, some facilities, some communities are a little leery about having a prison in their town, but it sounds like uh, this community w was very supportive of that. Well, back in the day when this facility was being able to be talked about here, you know, with uh, the representation that we had back in the day from the UP with Dominic Jacob Betty as the state rep and appropriations chair, you know, he pretty much got a chance to come around and being able to embrace the community and tell them the positive things about having an economic driver here in their backyard. So it was done in the right way to be able to sell it to the community. And the community really did embrace that. That's great. Well, what other uh, aspects about uh, the facility being here have impacted uh, the local community in terms of obviously a lot of volunteerism, I think, from a lot of the staff and things like that? Absolutely, with uh, volunteerism. I would say that people who have their career in place uh, want to give back to the community and they do it in a variety of ways. Uh, certainly I know directly people that work for the correctional facility here volunteer as tutors, they volunteer in shelters, they also volunteer in um, St. Vincent de Paul's. I myself make trails around the area, off, um, all season non-motorized trails. And there are many other things. There's a lot of coaching going on. And recently, the local elementary school had a new playground put in place. And that was through the fundraising efforts and the hard work and the dedication of many staff at Berger Correctional Facility. So it runs the gamut. Um, any other economic um, uh, difference that the facility's made in terms of other businesses that have sprouted up or uh, improvements and, and things like that that you've seen over the 25 years? I came up when the facility opened and I see a definite um, enlargement of businesses around here. There's much more than there was two and a half decades ago and it may be something as simple as a little coffee shop downtown or maybe a new um, retail outlet elsewhere but these things uh, make it um, Still small town, but um, more convenient, and there are spin-off businesses here and there. I can also attest that uh, many of the houses have been improved, and that come, that's one of the spin-off economic of, um, impacts. I don't pretend to know the broad economic scale, but as a casual observer, I can say definite difference from 1993. Mm -hmm. And you've been up here the whole time. You've probably seen that as well yourself. Yes, I definitely have. And what happens is when you have people that are making very good wages and benefits, they're able to put back in their community, not just even with also with the volunteerism. It's just they add to the mix as far as the population in our local schools, you know, to be able to have the amount of people that we have here working. It puts a lot more children in the school systems and Berrigan-Lantz in this district. And it also just adds to the fact that people maintain their property. A lot of property was changed hands in the last 25 years that needed to have improvement, and new houses were built in the county. So that has been a really a big driver for having that state payroll up here in our district. Mm -hmm. and, and being here for, for 25 years, um, 
I know, Joe, we've talked about this, that we, we now have generations uh, that work here. You, you have fathers and sons and mothers and daughters, you know, working, working here. Since it's a, definitely a family affair to come to a facility like this. Yes, and if you were here in the area, you'd see how beautiful it is. But there wasn't always the time where you could stay here necessarily and have um, viable employment. Or you might have two or three jobs, perhaps. This gives an opportunity for people to stay where they grew up and enjoy the beauty of the Great North. I myself am a transplant, but I did witness directly that parents and children do work within the same facility, and it's, it's a career, not just a job. Mm-hmm. So they have an opportunity to stay where they love to be. And when the facility opened up, um, you still have some of those individuals who opened the facility that are still here and are probably looking towards retirement uh, pretty quickly. It's, this is a job that when people get into it, they tend to stay. Yes, and we do have um, a population bubble of those who are ready to retire rather soon, around February of next year. Mm-hmm. And there's a little stir going on. There's a little excitement in the air over that. Well, anything else that you wanted to share, Representative, about the yeah, facility? Yes, definitely. You know, the fact that we do have that bubble that's getting ready for a lot of retirees to come through, it is a lot of opportunity out there for people that want to join the Department of Corrections to have a lifelong career, to be able to serve the state of Michigan and the people. To have the opportunity is right now. I mean, we are going to be actively looking for more people to work, and uh, that's going to be a very good thing for us in the North to be able to have some more people the ones that are going to retire and stay here, and then we're going to add to the mix to have some more move in the area. So we look forward to that for the future mm-hmm. for Barriga Max Prison. Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, this is a beautiful area since we, we've been up here. I mean, I could imagine myself retiring to an area like this. I can't imagine working here all this time and then re- getting to retire and stay here. I mean, I wonder if people, most people stay here and retire here. Do they go somewhere else? I mean, Well, people will say they'll go elsewhere, but not everyone. And certainly a transplant like myself is intending to stay up here. I see a lot of people wanting to not only work here, but stay here afterwards. Well, Joe, I guess tell me a little bit more how how Berga has stood out among facilities uh, since it opened up. Well, over the years, Berga facility has been flexible in housing and meeting the needs of the state, uh, MDOC, by providing different uh, levels of housing. We started as a maximum security facility. But in the year 2000, we had a level one attached to us, which is still uh, still in operation. 1994, we had a protective custody um, unit. In addition, today we have transition wings, which are not quite segregation wings, but are not quite general population wings, kind of a step-down sort of wing. And sometimes there's a dire need for segregation space. And recently, within the last couple of years, we've converted from a general population to a segregation unit on the fly and back again when the need was no longer present. That's great. Well, what about uh, programming? Are there unique programs that you think uh, deserve some special recognition that you guys have here at Berga? There are many unique programs, Chris. Uh, one in particular that really stands out and is very popular is the Leader Dog Program. And that is where level one prisoners, after they've been approved and screened, need to, or, and that is where level one prisoners are screened after approval, they are able to train dogs. Now the dogs are trained to be leader dogs, but they don't all necessarily reach that level. Sometimes they are companion dogs, 
or court dogs where a child may have to testify, but they can um, relax a bit with the dog prior. And we have uh, dogs that just make it as companion dogs or um, just another dog that's trained. So they are all trained, and those that do make it, and there's been a few in Barraga, go out and assist uh, the blind. How, many, how long have you had that program here? About three years. Okay. So you probably had a, uh, several groups or classes of dogs that have come through. It takes what, about a year or so, sometimes less? Um, we have had several classes come through. And like hurricanes or winter storms, they're named A through Z. We started with Axel and Bear, and now we're on our second A and our second B. Oh, wow. You're all the way. And um, I was asked uh, what kind of dogs are in this uh, program. Uh, shepherds are good. In fact, we had our first shepherd come through here, and uh, he made it as a leader dog. He made it all the way through. Um, labs and combinations of Labradors are good dogs, too. What, what have you seen it do to the to the unit that they're in or just the population? Does it, does it have, seem to have a calming effect like it does on some of the other facilities? It certainly does. Um, staff have noted this and they've seen that there's a kind of pride in the work that the uh, offenders take. Not everything is a tangible reward when you're working anywhere, really, but this lends to that sort of tangibility. And they will, well, straighten up and fly right. They'll ensure that they do well and don't uh, mess up their chances because they really love this sort of job. And it does teach empathy as well and patience, among other things. Well, uh, going back to sort of the, the community aspect, is there a particular emphasis that you think the facility uh, has that, that helps keep the area and, and the state safer? Oh, as far as safety, I would say that our security threat group team does it they do it in a quiet manner but we're behind the scenes and I would submit that we're keeping uh, the public safe as well as staff and offenders it is led by the inspector of the facility and there are people from various areas within the facility don't always have to be officers they monitor and observe they see who's associating with whom and who no longer is for example and they feed the information machine and the data is crunched and we continue to monitor and observe. It's a very quiet thing and something that the public might not think about, but that's how we keep things w with a lid on it and running well. No, it's good. I mean, I think that most people probably don't think too much about the facility, but I mean, it, but that's good. I, I, yeah, it's good in some respects and, 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 and not so much when you want to talk about all the positive things that you do and all the community activism and, and the volunteering that I'm sure the facility does. Uh, but for the most part, I think most communities like to have the presence kind of out of sight, out of mind. Um, but things like this that are kind of done behind the scenes that are keeping the community safe, it's good to be able to tout and make sure that people know about that, that we're all doing all this work that they don't necessarily see, but they definitely benefit from. Um, well, how do you think that the future looks for for the, the community relations like we just talked about and, and the facility? What, what are we doing to, to connect with the community more? Well, I categorize myself as a realist, but I, I would sound absolutely optimistic when I talk about the future of Berga Correctional Facility and the, the community itself. We have a small community and we have a lot of people that wish to work here from the community. There are some that come from other communities, but this is something where a generation might see another generation come in. 
where parent and child may work side by side and train side by side and do the good work of this prison side by side. We have a recruitment team and we're in touch with not only Michigan Works but also with local colleges and the high schools and we're quite active and we want to ensure that we have people continue to come in from the community to work who want to work and it makes Berga a viable place to live. It's beautiful here but there's not always the industry or the jobs. But this has made it possible for a lot of people who want to remain in the area. Well, anything else that, that we didn't touch on that, that you'd like to, to say about the facility? Uh, two things. First of all, I wish to be the first, although it's early, to say happy birthday, Berga. Happy birthday, Berga Correctional Facility. You've been good to community, and the community's been good to you, I believe. It's been a great partnership. The other thing is, uh, some people think of a prison as a prison, and it's much more than a bunch of bricks and wires and schematics. It's so much more than that. It's not just fences. It's uh, the people who come inside to work. That's the community from the community that makes the prison community. Not to overuse that word, but that's what it's all about. So I, I look forward to the next 25 years with those points made as uh, being sunny indeed. And I think there's a lot of good things that's, that will happen in Berger Correctional Facility, some which I can't foresee. But I think another 25 years when we reviewed this, it'd be a very good thing to see. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much for having us. And we're, we're happy to have you to be up here and to tour the facility. And, um, yeah, we look forward to, uh, to seeing more of it and, and hearing more about what all the great work that you're doing. And, and thanks again for having us. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time... Thanks for tuning in to Field Day's podcast.